Hello, ladies and gentlemen, real estate agents, title companies, and mortgage brokers. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. And today we're talking about a very, 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 very hot topic right now. And I brought on, I think, probably, maybe one of the biggest nerds on this subject. All right. In a good way. All right. This guy knows how to convert leads, most importantly, cold leads. And that's what we're going to talk about today because the truth is is that the whole dynamic is uh, shifting, in my opinion, and what people are doing online, the way people are searching online, the way people's buying habits have totally changed. And um, our guest today, uh, Jesse, I'm going to butcher your last name, Boudin from uh, Call Action is with us today to describe what he's seen, and we're going to just compare notes and just let this thing roll. So what's up, Jesse from L.A.? How you doing, buddy? Hey, pretty good yourself. I'm doing Thanks. excellent. Good, good. Well, thanks for uh, – maybe I should just go by Jesse the Butcher Bodwin. That would That's be fine. the best now, yeah. right? <laughs> I, did, uh, I always get people's last names wrong, and uh, so I forgive me about it. But it's a little funny, you know, just like, hey, what's up, Bodoin? Hey. I've heard it all. So, <laughs> no problem. So, so well, cool. T- thanks for coming on. We're, what we're going to go through, you guys, and everyone listening today, is uh, Jesse's developed a product. Um, and I don't bring any guests on unless I truly vet these. And I'm actually implementing his product fully across my business with my team in my real estate business. And because I know it works. And uh, i already seen it working. So what Jesse does, and Jesse, I'm going to go ahead and tell him what your product is in a summary. Sure. But we're going to go... Um, and I'm going to encourage everybody. Usually we don't come on here and just like pitch products. I don't get anything from this. Okay. I'm not trying to collect anything from this. This is just, I'm spreading the good news because more agents need to learn about this type of shit. So, um, what Jesse's product does is, um, you guys created a text messaging, um, service that can pretty much adapt to any type of online lead platform, a call in text number, but, I'll let you explain because you know it way better than I do. But here's the key. Jesse's created a way to personalize your response and humanize your response to any type of lead inquiry. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, ultimately, I think there's a couple different ways that we try and and get it to resonate with people. Um, A is we call it a virtual assistant based on software, right? Because... What ends up happening is our system is designed to try and respond and engage to consumers, much as if they were talking to you or an assistant of some sort. Sure. Um, but from a marketing nerd point of view, the important part of the personalization is that when you understand the context of where your leads are coming from, then you can personalize that response to go back out and really start understanding who they are and really try and connect with them on a personal level. Um, So, you know, right now I think one of the big issues that we have is there's so many agents and so many people in business that hide behind technology instead of using technology to increase efficiency. They're using it to encourage laziness basically and complacency. They don't want to talk to anybody anymore, but the, reality is is that's why leads are not loyal as they bounce yeah. around to everybody because they don't have a relationship with anybody it's a damn so. it's a damn millennial generation here you know <laughs> uh, everyone's entitled to this yeah i do this no all right yeah. this is a belly to belly business i mean think about 
you're making one of the largest financial decisions of your lifetime. And I'm sorry, if I'm buying a $400,000 house, $600,000 house, I'm not just going to call some Joe Schmo off of Zillow because he had four reviews. I want to make sure I'm using someone I know, like, and trust. And one of the most important things that we're seeing right on in our in our business, uh, in our day-to-day -day here is just that, you know, when you – the key is in the follow-up, right? I, I did right. another podcast, and it's always speed to the lead, right? Mm -hmm. But what Jesse's product here is doing is that, yes, it is speed to the lead, but it's automation through a what a much more personable way to receive intake and communication. So let's walk through and do the difference between, and I'm going to pit this right up against all these email autoresponders because I freaking hate those things. And the reason why I hate them is because a lot of them are so robotic and they're not mm -hmm. personable. Not all of them. All right. There's a couple services I highly, highly like that you could personalize your follow-up, but the difference between what you created and what um, some of these other, you know, older um, follow-up programs is that with like a lot of drip email campaigns is that you're able to personalize and humanize your follow-up through text messaging. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so just so you guys put this in perspective, what he created, it could be a sign call. It could be a Zillow opt-in. It could be a website call. It could be all these different things. You set up the autoresponder that could go through both a email and also text messaging and then give the, give us the agents real-time information about who the hell's calling you and where they're calling you from. Is that fair? Correct. So Correct. let's go through sort of this process. And I want to start, I want to sort of dissect this because this is so, so, so important. And I'm, I'm curious to get your opinion on this. Um, and I'll tell you what I'm seeing and tell me what agents, you talk to agents all day long too. So tell me what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing that first off the average um, lead, most of these leads, these online leads, they're coming, they're coming through online, right? Mm -hmm. What is the average time um, that someone starts inquiring online and opting into potential lead sources to the time they're actually ready to make a move? Well, you know, I think that the vast majority of stuff that you're seeing is 12 to 18 months out, right? Yep. It starts off as an aspirational search. What happens is that someone gets this wild hair and they go, hey, I wonder, you know, if I could buy a house. And they get onto some kind of website and start looking at real estate porn. And really, <laughs> like it's really aspirational at that point. You know, sure. they're looking at expensive houses, cheap houses, all kinds of different areas. And oftentimes, they'll start sending out even inquiries at that point. But their inquiries are the types of inquiries that we've all seen, which is like, hey, I'm looking at the picture. Can you tell me what kind of countertop is in this house? Yeah. And it's not someone who's ready to convert. They're just basically kicking tires. And that's probably the 95% of online leads that you see out there. Absolutely. So let's think about that. Um, and if it, and the, the other thing is speedy leads. So just because somebody's inquiring and a lot of the agents are paying, like my partner has a Zillow account and I was looking mm -hmm. at his uh, cost per lead. I never even went back into Zillow and they analyze what the ROI is and cost per lead. 84 mm -hmm. bucks a freaking lead. Yep. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's yep. insane. You're paying 84 bucks to get a tire kicker. All right? right. And that's low from what I've seen from a lot of other people. So yeah. the problem is like, you're exactly right. People and consumers, in order to market yourself in today's business, you have to understand how our potential clientele is consuming information online and how they're searching online. Because once you understand that, you know how to approach the marketing for it. Mm -hmm. So now here's the difference. Typically, you know, three years ago, Zillow call comes in, right? I could be out busy doing something. Right, I could. I might be with clients. I might be with my kids. I might be with my family. It's speed to the lead. You got to call back immediately. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's process one. So you've you've accomplished that with your product. But 
truly where the value is in this is that and you would either follow up either personally, but I love the fact that you can follow up with text right? because it is so effective in today's market. Correct. Um, and because think about it, you guys, you get a text. Who doesn't respond to a text message? And it's not that you can respond to text because the text messaging isn't like, hi, this is Mike from ABC Realty. Nice right. to meet you. Thank you for inquiring about my property. I could I could adapt the text to my voice, my brand, how mm -hmm. I talk. Mm -hmm. So if it was me, Jesse, I'd be like, what's up, bro? What's right. going on, dog? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my brand. My brand is Chicago real estate, dude. But the right. point is, is that they, it feels real. It doesn't feel automated. And that's why I think that's, that's personally what I love most about this. Yeah. Well, you know, we really kind of focus a lot on that because one of the things that we do, although we're a text autoresponder, you could personalize that text message. And we're one of the only platforms that allows you to incorporate emojis into the outbound text messages. And there's some really interesting studies that have been done about this. If you look at human communication, it's about 60 or 70% of it is body language, intonation, the way that you're leaning, your cadence and everything else. Yep. Very little portion of communication is about the words that are actually spoken. Correct. And when you convert that over to online, you lose a lot of that. Now, you see everyone sends these emojis, and part of the reason is that they did this study, and those little smiley faces that you get, they convey emotion. So you're taking flat text, non-dimensional text, and now applying emotion to it. it makes it really, really powerful, basically. Yeah. So. so, and your numbers are right on with mine. So here's how <laughs> communication, the, um, I used to take a lot of like, speaking training, and my speaking coach at that time told me how communication is perceived. So like when I'm speaking now, I make sure I, I, you know, follow these rules. So here's the first one. He says that 65% of all communications based upon tone, mm -hmm. right? So you can't do tone through a, t a straight text, but with an emoji, you can. Right. right. So I could tell right. you based on the emoji I supply with it, you could tell if I'm happy, I'm excited, I'm pissed off, I'm angry, whatever. That right. emoji signifies the emotion and that, that signal of emotion really increases the level of communication you have. The second right. one is body language. Right. So right. that's 35% of effective communication. What you say. Mm -hmm. So 65 plus 35, it's 90%. When mm -hmm. you're speaking in person, you got body language. That's why video is right. so powerful right now. You know? Right. But um, you can't do that through typically a text message. But with an emoji that says, hey, I'll call you right back with like a strong arm or like a fist. Mm -hmm. That's just totally personable and people right. connect with it because at the end of the day, people want to be served. They don't want to be sold. They want to talk to a human being. And Correct. It's like it's like this, you guys. When somebody contacts you online or someone comes in off the website, it's not only speed to the lead, but mm -hmm. it's the first impression that they get off of you within the first 15 seconds of communication. Right. They're going to decide if they like you or not right off the bat. Am I wrong? No, absolutely correct. Uh, you know, the NAR has done this study. Um, if we, we keep it in the, in the real estate training and it talks about what is the three main qualities that a consumer used to decide who they were going to do business from. Sure. And so one of them, almost the top one, was response. Number two was market knowledge. And number three was basically trust. Now, if you think of those three things, Interesting. what is the logical order that things basically happen in, right? You're gonna, first, you have to respond quickly. When you respond quickly, that 
establishes the first level of trust. If there was an inquiry and I respond, I have now fulfilled the expectation of what was going to happen in our relationship. First baby step of trust. After that, as we communicate more and more, that trust builds rapport, rapport on the common ground, basically, um, establishes your relationship more with them. And as that progresses over time, your market knowledge comes about. And what we see with a lot of real estate agents and business as a whole is people try to market based on trust. Yep. Right. Say, I'm look at me. I am the best person on the planet. Right. I'm the yeah. most knowledgeable But they're missing the boat because it's not starting the relationship at the right place. Yep. First, they need to respond, develop the relationship, build a rapport, connect with someone on different levels on a personal level and fulfill those expectations at the very beginning of the relationship your market knowledge will build or will come through those conversations and that's what establishes the trust. I love so. it. It's uh, Yeah, it's exactly right. So when I was in the airport, I just got back from San Diego, but on the way there, I didn't have anything to read, so I bought this book. Uh, it's called Customer Support Focused and Driven are all, are all uh, crossed out and then it's called Customer Obsessed. And mm-hmm. this is really um, what the book's about. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm about a quarter of the way through it, but what this book's about is how a companies and companies across the United States, look at Zappos, for example, Mm-hmm. It's all customer service. Okay. Right. We're not in sales anymore. We're in service. So the way right. we follow up reflects that of our service in, I don't know, maybe un- subconsciously for the average consumer. Mm-hmm. Right. So the whole trust thing is if they like you, they trust you. Fair. Right. Very, very true. So Correct. All, my only goal personally on follow up, I create marketing, whether I'm doing blog or I'm doing some creating content, I'm doing video. The only goal is, is, the marketing piece is entertaining to create the trust to get them to like me. Mm-hmm. And then my response is not necessarily on what I say, but on how I say it. Right. Yeah. And I, I would almost take that an extra step further. I think that the marketing piece, every marketing piece is designed to have someone self-identify a potential need that they may have. And when they self-identify that need, that's where we can come in and respond appropriately and really basically connect and develop those relationships with those people. Yep. And that, so what do you think about scripts? <laughs> I think in life, we're all scripted. Sure. Right? A script is nothing more than a decision tree. And it has a bad rap in my opinion. Yep. But if you are in sales you have an ultimate goal. And the idea is that you want to try and and provide your service that hopefully that customer has already self-identified that they need and that show them that your service or product is going to fulfill that need, right? And so the idea of a script in my mind is nothing more than a mental roadmap of where the conversation should go. You ask very specific questions, and the script is not the fact of the way that you say it or the intonation. It's the expected response that you're going to get out of that. And as you can start doing this decision tree of responses, you can guide that person into what you're hoping is going to be the correct solution for them. So I think we're all scripted, but the, the, 
the association of a script is, hi, I'm Joe Bob with Joe yeah. Real Estate. How are you today? Are you thinking about selling your home tomorrow? So right? cheesy, right? <laughs> but the reality is, is all you're saying is, are you thinking about selling your house? You know there's going to be two answers, yes or no. And you need to know how to answer both of those. And that's just a basic decision tree, right? That's yeah. how we make decisions. So if they say no, you need to have an answer that you understand is going to guide them back into the direction that you want, right? Yeah. Or if they say yes, then you're going to have a different answer that's going to continue that lead flow into where you want them to go. Yeah. So. And and here's where you know we could go into scripting and the decision. I love how you do that because there's um, the way that we have a lot of our, our content is like we we have six or four to six questions that you ask them that lead them down the decision tree you're talking about. But you cannot get to that decision tree conversation without first connecting, and that's where I think your service is so effective because you can do the emoji and connect personally because that first bit of communication when someone responds back to those texts, what have they just done? They've mm -hmm. given us permission to inquire further correct right? right so it's permission based conversations essentially is what we're talking about here and that's what why it's so effective because it does it for you in in your sleep at least in my opinion um, right I'm sure you have a lot of different people around the country using the service and they're all using it in their own way but from what mm -hmm. i'm seeing it's just very 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 effective um, right all right so go ahead you're gonna say something no i was just gonna say the first level of trust is meet the first expectation right on anything that you do so when you kind of talk about a script like if i say hello to someone i trust that they're going to respond back a certain way if they don't respond That's back true. if they don't even acknowledge me right they broke the first level of right. trust because what are we going to think it's like man what you a know, jerk what a jerk and then boom you're off onto something else basically yep. so the communication is so subtle and it's so powerful when it's done correctly you just have to really be aware of the person and not yourself basically it's it's about customer success not customer sales or service you actually want to ask questions to help them make more to be more successful at achieving their goals because there's only one reason that they're contacting you for anything that you're offering is they think they're going to accomplish their goal from whatever they're asking from you. Right. And you have to make sure that you can help them accomplish that goal and be successful at it. It's true. I mean, it's just like, and um, like I get a lot of calls just off my Chicago real estate dude blog. And um, the calls I get on there, what I've noticed over the last year and a half or so on the site is that I have a video on every single page. Mm -hmm. It's not because I want to have a video on every single page. It's because I know the video re breaks down their sales barriers. Mm -hmm. It breaks down the fact like, oh, this guy is uh, going to sell me something. I'm like, no, I, I try to talk him out of calling me in every single video. I think I'm right. Like, <laughs> like, don't you know? Don't call if you need to call me. Call me. But here's the answer to your question right here, and that gains the trust, and then therefore people come through already. But this is very very interesting because, um, you know, how do you? Here's what I'm seeing. All right. I believe, and I don't know, you know, I'm sure you have your opinions, but I believe that um, I only want to deal with the leads who respond to that initial tax inquiry. Okay, so let me just give people a, a, a uh, what I mean by that. So if you're an agent, you're running a team, you're spending five grand, 10 grand a month on realtor.com leads. So mm -hmm. you're probably bringing in 150, 300 leads a month or something like that, whatever it is. I don't know the numbers. Right. But if you're bringing in 300 leads a month, do you want to follow up 
with every single one of those leads, knowing that 95% of them, 90% of them, or vast majority of them are, mm-hmm. are tire kickers that are in the very beginning stages of, of uh, as you call your aspiration um, process of buying a house and searching real estate porn. Um, what is, I would rather respond, the one who responds back to my text message that your service sends out, mm-hmm. those are the ones who are sort of self-identifying and raising their hands. Am I wrong or am I right? No, totally. It's exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. And we, one of the things that we notice is, and it's funny, in our service initially, we used to allow people to put personalize the entire first message. Yeah. And then what we would get is, hi, this is Joe, the number one real estate in the country. Like, I'm ready to help you. (laughs) So what we did is we took away that ability and we end every single text message with a very simple, how can I help you? Right. Because all we want to do is create engagement and start down that conversation path with them. Yep. Engagement creates conversation. Conversation creates trust. Trust creates commissions. Exactly. Trust gives the ability to show your market knowledge. Correct. Right. (laughs) You can't you can't advertise your market knowledge. You can only and show it through conversation, basically. And that's how people really know what you know. I love the, um, I don't know if you see this a lot over in LA market, but in Chicago, um, I love driving past like down the street and I see like a bus stop um, ad and there's a realtor on there paying probably like, who knows, 1500 bucks, $2,500 a month. And the ad just says, I've been in business for 26 years. And you're just like, you know what? Nobody gives a crap, including the bomb sleeping on your freaking park <laughs> on bench, the bench right? on the bench. And the, the, uh, I, to the amount, even on Facebook ads, I've been serving this community for 14 years. And the difference is, is that you're leading with I, and you can no longer do that anymore. You have to lead with them first. And you know, you're, you, we're there to serve the, we're there to serve the general public and because we've gone so much service based, that's where I see this whole conversion thing totally changing from what it was years ago. We're, we're no longer um, we're service based. The agent with the best service and the most personable service that can humanize their brand is going to be the one who wins in the long run. Right, right, yeah. And that you know, going back to your bus bench example, basically, uh, you know, a lot of it is attempted branding, right? But that no one is going to self-identify and saying like, "Hey." I'm interested in the most famous guy in the world. What are they self-identifying? There's not even a reason for them to go and approach you, basically. So that's wrong. One interesting guy out there, Kenny Fast from or Kenny Trung, basically, his bus benches just has a hashtag, Fast Agent. Now that's really that's, interesting that because what he's doing is he's running the traditional bus bench ad. But he is signifying the desire, right? It just he has is, a po- hashtag in that. That's it? That's it. That's just good. a hashtag. See, I like that, that. See, and what he's doing, though, if you think about his branding, fast agent, that has someone who's self-identifying saying, hey, I need someone who's going to work quickly with me because I need to move quickly. He's probably talking right very, to very, D, very D personality all day. <laughs> fast, yeah. quick, bottom right. line. And then if you <laughs> kind of go down where the business is going as a whole, as an industry, what we're seeing, you know, this evolution of all of these giant teams that are happening, yeah. right? the team is designed to deliver the highest level of service. 
Correct. That's the main thing that they're doing is just that they care about delivering high value service. They make an investment to find people that are self-identifying, that they're interested in buying or selling. And the team is designed to basically service that person and help them achieve their goal. And that's the reason why you're seeing the evolution of the team and why they're being so successful. Yep. I 100% agree. Um, I want to go into some applications because I want to give some uh, our listeners some ideas um, on how this can work. And uh, you just mentioned a good thing. If you have a team, you should have every one of your agents using this on your team because it's going to increase your conversion. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go through applications. So I'm going to let's do like a quick fire type thing. Okay. So let's I'm going to go through how you would use it, and then we'll just sort of play off each other. This will be fun. Okay. So. Um, Zillow, TruliaRealtor.com, Homes.com, online internet leads purchase. Even Z Buyer will throw that in there too. S- services that just sell straight up leads, whether they're buyers or sellers. Mm-hmm. How does this walk us through how this works? So, if you think of all the leads, there's two ways that they're going to come in. It's either going to be a phone call or an email lead. And so, the way the call action starts off is that we provide you a call capture phone number or call tracking phone number so that you can measure all your advertising. When you run a specific phone number in a location, you understand the context of where that consumer is coming from. So then you can already personalize the message from the moment that the phone rings. Got it. If it's an email lead, every phone number comes with its own dedicated email address so that you could filter that self-identified customer into that same context channel basically Got it. so that the communication continues the same so either which way we just respond via text but that text can already be tweaked because you understand of where the source of that business is coming from so for example i would set up a different call number or email address with zillow and i'd say oh my zillow profile must be looking pretty sharp how can i help you Right, exactly. right. Something, something like that personalize it and then if i could and then if they're inquiring about realtor.com or um Okay, and we'll get to signage and other avenues as well. But yeah, that, that's very important because it shows that you know. Um, they're like, "Wow, is this guy like this guy's fast, right?" Right. And they know, right. and they know, like, "Wow, this is pretty good service." It's that's that's mm-hmm. sharp. Um, now, on the first inquiry, someone opts in. They they respond to get more information about a house for sale on Zillow. Let's say, for example, mm-hmm. now the first thing that happens to them is they receive a text. Correct. Okay. And what's the time between the text? Like what have your, I'm sure you guys got all kinds of studies on this because Mm -hmm. the text comes too fast. That's too automated, right? Right. But if it comes too long, that's bad service. So what is the magic number right there? So right now we're doing 90 seconds. um, And we find that that if let's say, for example, if it is an online email lead, Mm -hmm. the illusion that we're creating is that you're with a customer you get a ding on your phone. You just got this email that just came in. You're taking a look at the email. You're reading the email body, and you send back a response. And so that text message, because we're changing from an online and we're changing context or communication channel all together now into text, that in itself makes it look very natural. It will, when we purposely build in that delay of 90 seconds to two minutes, that's where we're getting the most effectiveness um, and it basically um, people responding, which is right around 55 to 70 percent, depending on what your original source of that, that was. Lead. That was my next question. So Adam, mm-hmm. you're saying you're getting a response from the text of 55 to 60 percent. Correct. Correct. What would be my I don't know any of these numbers. These are super awesome. What would be my response rate? Like what's the average agent response rate if they're just like because they can't 
the speed of the lead is the problem or mm-hmm. what, what is it like with a Zillow inquiry with someone that's not using an auto responder service uh, mm-hmm. first? Let's, add, let's go to that question. So if you're past three or four minutes, you'll go from about 40 to 50% down to 10% or less. Wow. Okay. And it's really, it's happening very, very quickly. And you have to think about this in the fact of our current lifestyle. We live in a time of interruption where one text message, one Facebook notification away, where mentally I might be in real estate moment at that very second, right? right? And all of a sudden I get one Facebook message that comes in with a picture of a beautiful sunset at the beach. And now all of a sudden I'm on drinking Corona, talking about being at the beach with my friend moment. And that is in the matter of minutes. I was at the Zillow event and they brought up their own studies and they found that if you respond in a minute, you get about about 45% response rate. At four minutes, it's less than 12. Wow. So we used to say the magic five minute mark, but that even itself is too long nowadays just you, because of so much interruption. And what? how long has that changed? It's only been a couple of years since something like that's changed. Like it, th- those conversion numbers have changed. Correct. That's Correct. crazy. When you, uh, the original uh, study was done by a guy named Dr. Eldrod out of MIT, and he did this in 2008. And the original study is that it was about five to seven minutes. That's why you always hear that number kind of quoted out hmm. there. Um, but as we've moved to a totally mobile first world, that expectation of service has changed along with it. Yep. Right? Because now, if I can answer any question that I have in my mind, almost instantly with a quick Google search, and now even Google, if you think of the way that they're changing and adapting to this mobile first, before they used to give you 10 blue links and try and send you to go find the information or look at the information. Now they're not even doing that. Now they're just crawling that site and displaying the information so you don't even have to leave Google anymore. And again, this just satisfies that behavior for instant response. And it's not that we expect or want it instantly. I think what it really is, is just that mentally we get sidetracked into a different moment. True. Every three or four minutes, there's something else that's happening, right? Yeah, just think about your feed. Everyone's on Facebook how many minutes a day and you're just like, oh, I was just just in the mood to buy a house, but now I'm in the mood to go have a beer. Exactly, exactly, (laughs) exactly. All right, so, so you know, first tax comes through, okay? So we're in the 90-second rule. First tax comes through. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when the recipient receives that text, um, let's talk about the context of it, okay? Let's first start off with no emoji mm-hmm. versus emoji. So, so there's a couple different things, too, that will affect that response rate. If the inquiry is during the day versus at night, it's two different inquiries really? completely. Yes. Interesting. Because the nighttime searches are typically done on an iPad or on desktop. And those kind of searches is when people are in aspirational search, right? They're sitting in front of the TV, they got their iPad, they're just killing time and glancing at stuff. Versus the inquiries that you get during the day, 
the consumer has been educated by the market and by their friends and everything else. Because if you think of what every real estate agent is telling them is, hey, the market's hot, you see something you like, you better move on it quickly, right? Yeah. So the ones that are searching at night are not trying to move quickly on stuff. They're basically just you know, searching in their free time. But the inquiries that you get during the day, those are the ones that are taking that 10 minutes on their lunch break, sending in the inquiry really quick because they want to move very likely. quickly. Yeah. Exactly. So That's time of day of the inquiry has a significant impact on the conversion I'm gonna, itself. I'm going to test this with my Facebook ads. I'm going to turn them off at night. Yep. I'm yep. going to turn them off at night. I'm going to let them roll during the day, see what happens. And I'll report yeah. this. That's really interesting. Yeah. One, you know, if you're running Facebook ads, one of the things that you can do is, let's say if you're running a $5 or a $10 budget, take that budget and don't let it run all day. Compress it for basically the from yeah. 6.30 in the morning till 9 o'clock in the morning. When it's peak, peak, that you catch that person who's rolling out of bed, first thing they do is they pick up the Facebook yep. and they're still laying in bed. Those are the ones that you want to take a look at because they're also going to be looking through their email. And in that email, there's going to be all of the listing alerts that they got from Zillow, Redfin, all the MLSs and everything else that they signed up. Mm -hmm. So they're much more likely to be in the moment because those other notifications are kicking in as well at that time when they're looking at their email for the first time. Average person looks at their email basically once in the morning and once late at night. This is normal people, not business people, basically. Not us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, my email's open right here on my other screen. I'm just like, oh, what's going on? No, I'm talking normal, yeah. you know, Joe Blow, who's basically got his Gmail account. Yeah. Looking at it a couple times a day, you know, usually first thing in the morning. And about 55% of all email views is on a mobile device. So another little trick for you guys here. Yeah, keep these coming. In They're your awesome. emails, when you send out that email body, put your call to action at the very top with the phone number. Okay? Because what most of us with typically the lead capture number? With the lead capture okay. So what you do is let's say the email says, Hey Joe, uh, we just sent you these new listing alerts. If you have any questions, call me with the phone number at the top of the link. Don't say, uh, you know, Feel free to call me, visit all these websites, blah, 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 and only have a phone number at the very bottom in the email signature with all the other links. Have the phone number at the top all by itself in blue because it's going to be a click-to-call button automatically in your email. And yeah. since 55% of all email is checked in mobile, all they do is they click that link and you automatically get the call. They're probably not going to take the time to read the entire body. They're reading the subject line, first paragraph, and then they want to basically take action or they're not going to take any action at all. Yep. So make sure to have the call to action at the very top of there in the phone number displayed. And then you can always reshow your phone number at the bottom. But if you put it at the top, it's still a phone, right? right. At the end of the day. And on mobile, it clicks through. Exactly. Um, is a big thing. I, you know what? I did that on my, I accidentally discovered that about a year ago on my website. I didn't have my phone number in my header. Exactly. And once I put the phone number in the header, my calls like quadrupled because mm -hmm. that stays consistent. And it was mobile click through um, right. all day. It was really all day long. Yeah. So now, right. it's, now it's like phone number at the top of any website, always all day, every day, mm -hmm. um, nonstop. Very, yeah. very interesting. And, and whether you put the phone number displayed or if it's just a button that says call now 
or call to schedule an appointment or whatever your call to action is on each one of your pages, you can get really creative and actually make that call button with a different yeah. call to action, right? If they're looking at a listing page, you want a button that says, you know, call to schedule any of these to view any of these homes right now. And uh, you like the phone number better than the. Uh, this has turned into a coaching call, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you like the, you like the phone number better than uh, than just um, having a direct sell. Like, what do you think on like? I'm gonna give you an example because this, this is awesome content, by the way. So I'm gonna use my site for an example. So on my site in the selling section, I have a for sale by owner page, which is basically how to sell your house without hiring an agent. I have an expired page, which is all about a case study on how a house didn't sell and then we sold it. Um, but you're, are you saying attach a different phone number to each one of those different pages? That would be a lot. Oh, sorry, your agent was so bad. Um, <laughs> it's like no, not, not necessarily that, but instead of showing a phone number, yeah. Let's say if they're on the page about you know selling your home without a real estate agent, that button at the top instead of showing a phone number at all could just be a button that says "Call to see if you should sell your home by owner." Got it. Sidebar. Right. It's Maybe. just basically it, it getting them to self-address what you believe is the need that they're trying to solve. Right. Sure. If they're on that page about that, you want to make them curious and pique that curiosity and say, like, why don't you just call us and figure out if you could really do it? Cool. And wow. so you could personalize those click to call buttons everywhere across your site. So you, there's no need to display the phone number. Because even Google, Facebook, and all of them are changing behavior, right? On your business page, Facebook is not displaying your phone number, right? It just has a button that says call now. Yep. So what you want to do is you want to do what the leaders are doing because those leaders where everybody is spending time, they're the ones that are changing the consumer behavior. Interesting. So let's go back to emoji versus non-emoji. Do you guys have stats on the difference in the percentage of the response and all that? Uh, we don't have enough people as of yet that are really proactively going for it. Um, and so I don't have a big enough sample size that I'd feel comfortable saying sure. that, yeah, there's a definite change. But what I do know is that in today's time, we're starting to see a little bit of these chat bots coming around and, and some automation and some people are starting to catch on to that automation. Mm -hmm. And so when you break that pattern, a classic, a, a classic pattern interrupt, right? In marketing 101 pattern right. interrupt, when you throw that emoji in that first response into them, you're basically making them take that little half a second more to focus on that message that was being sent. And That's, trying to figure out, you know, is it real? Is it not real? Or is this yeah. and that that very subtle It's almost like if it's not real, it's just still pretty cool. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's curiosity. Yeah. Um well, you know what, that very point is why I'm not a fan of drip email campaigns, because mine just never convert after email two or three, two weeks down the road or five days down the road. I'm sorry, that that just doesn't convert anymore because the I think you, especially for an opt-in, I mean, your chance to convert is when you have them right there where your face is either on the screen in front of them or right. several other things. It's not like it's, no one's going to remember. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm sure some slip through the cracks. Okay. But I'm talking about the difference between spending thousands of dollars on that one deal that might convert. Um, the chances of people converting five days after an opt-in, come on. 
we're talking about five minutes after an opt-in dropping significantly, yet right. five days off someone who has no idea who the hell you are. Right. And I think there's a big difference between the type of inquiries too, right? Nowadays, yeah. like people are saying like there's all of the rage of the home valuation sites. Now, I don't know how old you might be or how long you've been in this, but I remember way back in the day, there was a company called Home Gain owned by Brad Inman, right? And this was at the very beginning, 1997, 98, 99 of the internet. I was graduating high school in 98. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this guy, Brad Inman from Inman News, the yeah. founder of that company, Brad. came up with this Facebook website, which was exactly the same home valuation thing that you see today. Sure. It was... What's your house worth? You would fill out the form that was emailed out to five or six agents, and then those agents would basically jump on you and try and convert convert you at the moment. Now, that, no one else was doing it then, though. Nobody else. Yeah, was doing so it, it. worked, that's of why, course. Yeah, yeah. He killed it, and that's why he sold the company. I think for you know north of forty or fifty million bucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, have a, I have a feeling so, that product is not worth anything anymore. Right. <laughs> What I was going to go back to is if you think of the marketing pieces that we're seeing, right, and agents are following up with quote unquote leads that are not necessarily a lead. Correct. Absolutely. And they're confusing the ability to capture an email address with yes. the desire of the consumer at the other end. Yep. And there is a really big difference between those two types of things. And I honestly, you're, you hit that like perfectly because you're exactly right. You cannot, the day that the agent's mindset um, changes from conversion to serving, answering their questions, things right. change because that affects your tone. It affects the way you say stuff. It affects your whole approach. And that mm -hmm. is such a, that's a mindset thing that mm -hmm. um, has to happen before this type of stuff is going to really work in their favor, I believe. Right, right. Yeah, no, it, it, you know, they'll drip the same message and the same email to them over and over, but they never really took the time to segment the list at the very beginning and really find out, like, where it came from. Yep. And when you start to look at that, work backwards from the context and think of the consumer journey, how did they end up on your marketing piece, yep. right? Did they really have a need there or were they just kind of fell upon it, right, and took action? It was more of an impulse than seeking out information because those two kinds of people are, are totally, totally different consumers. Yep, exactly right. Um, wow, it's super duper, duper, duper important. I just had a really good point to make, but I totally had a brain fart. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll remember in a second. Um, all right, so let's keep going because I want to give other applications because this isn't just online leads, right? I think we hammered down the follow-up process. Now, what does somebody do? Okay, so someone opts in Zillow. Uh, my text message goes out. Hey, dude, you're on Zillow. You must love my profile or my cartoon picture, blah, 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 blah. They respond back. Now, walk me through that process. So this is where we're significantly different than I think most of the other stuff that you see out there. A lot of the products out there are trying to artificially create a relationship, right? And they're trying to create small talk with the consumer through chat, through AI, through text messaging. And all that we want to try and do is we just are saying, hey, you show that you're interested in, what's the best time for me to give you a call? And that's it. Like all we want to do is we just want to connect with them on the phone because 
that answer that they're going to give to us is already going to qualify them in both directions. Correct. A hundred and ten percent. Right. They're not they're taking your call say, if they're not interested. You're not going to exactly, convert them anyways. Exactly. Yes. And maybe your drip of those other ninety seven percent of leads that you get. Those are the ones that, sure, it's not going to cost you very much to send them an email and try and stay in front of them or send them an occasional text message just to keep yourself in the picture. But the real reality is, unless you caught them at the exact perfect moment, when you ask a very direct question, you say, when can I call you back to address this need that you told me about, right, that you're interested in this property, and they say, oh, well, you know, I, there's no need for you to call. I was just kind of taking a look. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. You're just taking a look. How far out are you? How far, you know, how many homes have you already looked at? Because if you just ask those two questions, how many homes have you already looked at? What we know, NAR studies, Zillow studies. 465. Cal- <laughs> uh. <laughs> Online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's the difference, right? When you say, how many homes have you looked at? And they go, oh, I've looked at thousands online because I've been looking for, you know, 12 months. Yeah. Or they'll say, I haven't looked at any yet, right? And then you could say, well, when do you plan on looking at the first one, right? And all we're trying to do is just ask them questions that are guiding having them guide themselves in terms of what they want to try and do. Right. And, and here's, here's to what I also seen then on the service when I, I was inputting, we were, we were customizing our follow-ups, right? So we went in and um, I like that because realistically, we got to think about what realistic is can be our follow-up. So the first text message is like, what's up, blah, 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 totally personable, right? Mm-hmm. We're just chill, right? waiting for the response. And it says, hey, what can I help you with? How can I serve you based upon, you know, relation to that opt-in? Um, then the next one's like, then they're going to send you back a text message, which honestly, it doesn't even matter what the hell they say, does it? Because it's just the fact that they respond back. But then it's say, okay, great. Um, hey, I'm with my daughter right now. Can I call you in 30 to 45 minutes? Now, for me, I'm going to say I'm with my daughter because I'm going to tie in my personalization, my human. Hey, I'm a human. I have a daughter. I'm right. not a blood-sucking commission-based salesman. And right. uh, they're going to see that I'm a human being, not a robot. Right. So, hey, I'm with my daughter. I'm going to be back about 30, 45 minutes. Can I call you then? And right. that's all it is. So to me, your service is creating permission to call people that are expecting your calls. Is that fair? Right. No, I, I, it's exactly right because what people want is not an immediate response. It's an immediate acknowledgement. True. Right? They just want to be acknowledged that I exist. I reached out to you. Are you going to bother responding back to me? Are you going to acknowledge me? Because if you don't acknowledge me, I'm going to find somebody else who is going to acknowledge me. I'm fairly patient to understand that, okay, I don't, this is not a mission critical for me to find out in the next three minutes if I can get into the house, or I can wait 20 minutes to find out if I can get into the house. Yep. Those are reasonable expectations. But the acknowledgement of saying, yes, I know you're there, I'm human. You're human. I'm doing the best I possibly can to get back to you as quickly as possible. How do I serve you? Can you give me 30 minutes? Does that work? And if it doesn't, they're going to tell you. Sure. Right? And if it does, then they're going to say, yeah, that, that's not a problem. Great. You know, enjoy your time with your daughter. And all of a sudden, you've already taken that very first step to building rapport because odds are they have a child. They can totally relate how important it is for you to spend that time. 
So your very, very subtle communication skill via that text message, like you said, totally humanized you all of a sudden. And it made you real. And when you're real, you're going to connect on a real level with that person. Yeah, because when you follow up, you're just like, oh, sorry, I would have called you earlier. It's not like I'm in with my daughter. But what's up? What can I help you with? And it's just that little nonchalant, subliminal, mm-hmm. that's your script. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. That's the script. I just start asking exactly. questions and then answer them. It's really. Yeah, our our default text message on that second text message when the agents, do, you know, when you fail to, to respond because yep. we continue that conversation, we wait an extra four or five minutes. Again, these very. Yeah, what's the time frame that that comes back? So we let that be four minutes. Okay. Uh, there's lots of studies that show the national average response time to a text message is actually three minutes. That's what they average of all text messages sent in the world are responded to in three minutes so we do four because someone you know typically and it's yeah that makes sense uh, yeah what we want what we also want to do is we want to make it seem human right if you answer instantly you know you're going to get what you put out and so if you show them you already took the first step of responding initially in 45 seconds in less than a minute so you've already hooked them in terms of acknowledged who they are and now you have a little bit more of a delay which makes sense because you're going to say that you're with your daughter so it makes sense that it took three or four minutes for you to respond the second time yeah so our default message is hey great give you 45 minutes the real important part of it though is should i call should i text you or should i email you because if you look at all of the studies from the consumer experience with a real estate agent and with salespeople as a whole, one of the biggest problems or frustrations is that the lack of communicating in the preferred communication channel. True. Right? I'll give you a very simple example. Let's say it is 1045. I have a 15-minute break. I walk outside, I have a cell phone. I'm really interested in buying a house, so I jump online real quick. I see basically a house I think I'm interested in. I send basically an inquiry, right? Now, all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, I'm heading right back into the office. Well, in my office, I can't be taking personal phone calls because I'm at work. Now the agent at the other end got my lead, and now they're just blowing up my phone left and right. No voicemails, just five calls in a row. Just, you know, (laughs) call, call, or maybe they leave a voicemail, but they call and call. And iPhones have a pretty interesting little button that's called block this caller. And I don't know what the real stats are on this, but my guess is if you've called someone three to five times and they haven't picked up or acknowledged you or did anything – they might be pressing that block that caller button. And even though you're calling, their phone is no longer ringing anymore. So it's a very subtle dance at the very beginning. We like the text message because what it does is it lets them know who's trying to call, right? Because we sent out this text message that says, hey, I just missed your call. It's me. It's Jesse. Yeah. You know, you just reached out to me. If you want me to call you back right now, I'll call you back right now. But what's the best way for me to reach you? And then they will tell you. And what we find is one of two things ends up happening. They'll tell you either A, text me anytime. That basically tells you one of two things. They are a texter. They love texting, right? That's a preferred communication channel for a lot of people, at least initially. But B, basically, they'll go 
call me today at four o'clock at this number. Yes. And now that's a very important change because now that it's the consumer who made the appointment with you, they're the ones making the commitment to accept your call and yeah, telling you and everyone in our human nature is if we tell someone we want to do something, we want to try and do right by it. The dynamic has changed. The dynamic has totally changed. If you tell someone, can I call you at three o'clock today? And they just go, yeah, you can try and call. It doesn't mean they're not acknowledging saying you can call me at three o'clock. They're just saying you can try and call yeah, me. At I didn't say I'd answer, but. Exactly. Yeah. And that changes the dynamic. So we're very, very, very conscious in terms of the language that we try and use in those text messages because we want to make sure that that person at the other end is you're getting as much context of who they are from the smallest bits of communication. Sure. The other little thing is once you've done that, that first text message that goes out that says, hey, it's Mike, your real estate dude. Sorry, I just missed your call. I'm with my daughter. How can I help you? Right now, all of a sudden they go, Oh, Hey Mike, yeah. you know, dude, Hey dude. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> honestly what happens. I, I would say I'm the Chicago, the Chicago real estate dude. LOL. I'm just getting back to you. What's up. That's my script. Right. And then it's so human. People always go back and go, what's up, dude. You know, <laughs> right. Literally everyone. When, when I answer the phone, I get a direct call through. It's Hey dude. Everyone calls right. me dude, and it's it's yeah. the icebreaker. That's the pattern interrupt to yep. you know to yep. to do it. It works very very well. Yeah. Um, this has been really good. Um, hey, we're getting towards the end here, but I want to go through a couple other things because there's a lot of stuff we didn't cover. So we caught internet leads. I think we hammered down the process. Let's yep. think about some other creative. Um, and I'll I'll share with uh, our listeners what I'm doing with your service. Okay. Um, I'm gonna put one number on top of my website. Okay. Okay. So my text message will be identifying what number comes off the website, right? So right. I say, oh, you're on my dude site. So that's definitely going to have dude in the text messaging because mm -hmm. it's blasted all over my site. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to do one separate number for every different call or every different uh, lead service like Realtor, Homes, right. uh, Zillow, right. and all those. Those ones are the obvious ones. But mm -hmm. what I'm really excited about is the signage. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you showed me how to do this, so I'll just share how we're doing it. Now, it's very creative because um, you know I went away from signage for a couple of years. Like mm -hmm. I was just like, ah, oh, it's old school, whatever. You don't really need it. But then, you know, that's my mistake because I forgot how I started in this business and mm -hmm. it was off of an 800 number on signs, literally. That was one of my main lead sources and mm -hmm. I would just collect the numbers because what happened was the nosy neighbors would call in and all that crap. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing right now with your service is we're going to be putting, uh, we're rebranding the signs, dude all day, just a huge mm -hmm. dude on it, just totally mm -hmm. be different. But it's going to say, you want to see the inside? Question mark. Text house number two, blah, 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 blah. Right. Now, the problem I had is because we build out a property website for every single listing, right? Mm -hmm. But that property website, the URL is like Chicago Real Estate Dude forward slash blah, 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 blah. It's like a right. 10 page yeah. long URL. I did yeah. not want to re buy a domain, a new forwarding domain for every single listing I have. Okay. Right. So right. I hope our listeners are following this. But, um, <laughs> yeah. We're getting kind of nerdy now. We're getting kind of nerdy, but here's the point. When someone inquires on my sign, the it says text the house number. So if they're standing in front of the sign, they know the freaking house number, right? Right. So the house number is 3940. Text 3940 to call it whatever the collection number is. And it says you want to see the inside. So my text message is the URL bit.ly link 
to see the inside, which takes them to my property website. Right. And now right. they could see basically my online listing presentation, more or less. And that's cool. where my offer is. So right. when they call in off of those signs, it'll say, Oh, great. Hey, did you get here's the link to get into the website? The follow up's going to be like, Oh, did you get in there? Were you able to see the video? Right. And now right. I could have a conversation through text. That's what I'm really, really excited about this year. We're actually redesigning our signs. I think that's such a cool way. But I could see that on like, you know, got me thinking about this bus stop thing. I used to be like, that stuff sucks. But I could see a collection number on a bus stop. Yeah, for sure. Answering a long, question. Answering a question. And yes. that's the thing is that you you need to think of the most common point point and get someone to self-identify based on that pain point, right? We're not advertising for advertising purposes. No. Okay, we're not Coca-Cola and we could just afford to show pictures of people smiling. Yeah, you do that with right? your database, not with cold. Yeah, we're basically in the business of getting people to tell us that they may have a need. And the more specific that need is, then the better your advertising is going to do and the higher that it's going to convert. I'll give you a bus bench idea right now. Getting divorced? Question yeah. mark. Text for free guide to your rights. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, I, was say, I was thinking of you want to sell your house without an agent? Text to... Right. You could do something like that. You could, you know, you could just get as creative as you want, but... Think about it from this point of view, like the divorce thing, right? We know that vast majority of relationships are going to end in divorce. Usually one of the two people are going to try and basically keep the house. Yeah. And they don't really know what's going to end up happening. And usually there's going to be a quick claim deed that's going to be filed. This is like the shortcut version, right? Someone files a quick claim deed. The other one says like, okay, I'm going to make all of the payments. And they realize like, oh, crap, I don't make enough money. And eight months later or a year later, they got to turn back around and try and sell the property anyway. Yeah. Versus just making the breaker up front, being completely clean. So if you do something like uh, – Is your ex trying to take the house? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> awesome. you know, obviously you got to be willing to do that kind of business, right? But it doesn't have to be something so drastic either. It could be something very, you know, much more passive or something that is, you know, much more in line with the kind of people that you like to do business with. True. You know, it could be a bus bench near a hospital that says, new one on the way. Uh, uh, Baby on the way, time for a new house. Here's a home buyer's guide on getting prepared for buying a home, right? And you have a simple PDF. They text basically the phone number. There's a download there. And that's the idea of messaging, right place, right time, right person. It's true. <laughs> so you, so you, you have to understand just that context. And then all that we are is a delivery mechanism yeah. that is very passive, Lost people, I like the whole, I could think of just so many things. I'm going to test this a lot, and I will report um, our findings within your group, too. Oh. Um, and I'm going to test uh, the call action, which is advertising questions. That's actually what I'm going to do on Facebook ads. I'm going to test it right. out. Yeah. So one of the you know best things that we found out there, right? If Have you ever read a book by the name of, uh, it's written by a guy named John Capels? C-A-P-L-E-S. I think so. What's the name of it? Capels. It's oh. called. Um, tested advertising methods. Uh, -uh. I haven't. I'll write it down oh, though. 
This is an old classic. This is from like uh, probably the 60s or the 70s. I will tell you, it is probably the single most important book you need to read to learn how to ride headlines. Because it's all about writing headlines yeah. and creating stuff that basically is catchy. So one thing that we try and coach people is we try and tell them, listen, every day you're answering questions. And if you start making a mental note of the questions that you're always answering, the reality is that that's probably important to a lot of different people. And that's what you should be advertising. Yep. So let's think of real estate, right? We, you had this idea with the sign writer. So we were doing one where we're tweaking the sign writer idea a little bit because most agents will get a new house. They'll put a sign writer up. And you got to redo it. Yeah, it sucks. Say like, hey, get you know, some information or whatever. And then maybe they're going to do an open house. Okay, but what we know is all of the NAR data and all the Zillow data shows that 65% of people that find a home that they like online will want to go and walk the inside of that home. Now, if you think about that, the sign writer, what we've been coaching, we're having lots of success with is get open house date and times, text, whatever code you want to use. I was just going to, I was, my mind was right there right before you said that. <laughs> okay. I was like, you could think about taxi open house times. Yes. So now what you're doing, brand new listing, sign goes up, text for open house, sign date and times. Now the reality is. Guess how much your neighbor's house just went up for. Exactly. Yeah. So I was listening. Let's, um, this is an awesome call. You might be one of my longest podcasts. I told you this is going to go long because we could just sit here and talk forever on this stuff. Uh, um, but I'm going to leave our listeners with this because I think this will close okay. it out. So I was at Social Media World uh, a couple years ago at this conference, and uh, Marcus Sheridan, the pool guy, right? Uh-huh. Um, so, dude, he gave – Sales line. Yeah, sales <laughs> line. Now, he gave the biggest Braveheart speech i ever seen. He was a keynote. He gave it out. And it stuck with me. And I, when I'm trying to teach agents and share with them, okay, how do you create content? Because everyone's like, what's content? They, they overthink it. It's like he broke it down real simple. He goes, you want to be a good content marketer? And this is not how he said it exactly. He said it – in uh, conjunction with this in some way, shape, or form. But he's like, if you want to be a content marketer, Google is looking for people like you to help get the answers to the questions because Google is so annoyed by so many people typing into their search bar. All they want to do is just give people the answers a lot faster. So if you want to be good at receiving inquiries, creating content people look for, think about the questions that you know your audience wants, in our case, buyers and sellers. How do we not know what buyers and sellers want? I know the top five questions I get asked. That's what you should focus your marketing around. Whatever the general public wants to know, become the Google of real estate and make Google's job easier on delivering the answers that it's trying to find for the people typing it into their search bar. Right. And that just right. made total sense to me. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And ever since then, I just switched my mindset just towards answering people's questions. I had um, another way to kind of look at that. Early on, basically, you know, we talked, there used to be a lot of talk about SEO and SEO and content are kind of, there's a lot of overlap there between sure. those two. And so people would ask me like, hey, you know, how do I get really good at SEO? Like, what do I need to do? And I was all, okay, well, think about this. When you walk into Barnes and Noble, and you have something that you're looking for in your mind, how do you pick the book that you want to get, right? You're going to walk in, you're going to go, um, you know, where is the section on Ford Mustangs, right? We'll just use a car example. 
And the guy's going to say, well, it's over there in the auto section. So you walk over into the auto section, right? And in the back of my mind, you're thinking like, I need a book on Mustang, but I need like restoring classic Mustangs. Yep. So then I'm going to start walking down that aisleway, looking for all of those books on automotive. I'm going to compress that down into the Ford section. And then I'm going to compress that down into the Mustang section. And then I'm just going to start reading the jackets, right? That's the headlines that we're seeing is the title of those books. And that title of that book that is most similar to what in my mind I'm thinking, Mustang Restoration, if there's one of those books that has that, I'm going to pick up that book. And when I pick up that book, I'm going to look at the table of contents. And if that table of contents has one chapter or a hundred chapters, there's two books, same title, different amount of chapters, which one am I going to buy? I'm going to buy the one that has a lot more chapters on the content that I'm looking for. Yeah. Right. So if you're building content around questions, it's not a matter of doing one piece and done, right? It's this idea that you want to take that one idea or that one concept, develop content around it from all different kinds of angles, basically, so that you have this big content hub around in all actuality the same question right so in our you know in real estate it might be you know how do i buy a house okay that's the question you get asked a bunch of times or let's say the most common one how's the real estate market yeah right that my closing costs what's an inspection how do i kill a deal yep exactly but let's just take the what's my how's the market right now if you're a real estate agent, just that one question alone, you can write content for the rest of your life, yeah. <laughs> right? Because you could do an in-depth analysis every week of basically what's happening out there and going back to kind of sending out that email, if that email that you're sending is talking to them, meaning if the original lead that came in was someone who raised their hand and not looking for a home value, but specifically inquired to something that was like, what's the market like in my neighborhood? And you're sending him information on what's the market like in your neighborhood Yeah. over and over. Yeah, you're going to be able to convert those people over time because we just know that 10% of society basically is going to buy and sell every year. So it's just a matter of catching them in that 10% and being top of mind at that moment. So right. exactly but, right. But that content, the more that you can make it specific, deliver content that is closest to the bottom of the funnel, to the conversion point in their mind, that's what you should be advertising for. We're saying like, hey, look at houses. More specific. Be much more specific, basically. The more specific you are in the message, the delivery of that message, the closer they are to converting, the closer Mm -hmm. they are to converting, then basically you start building momentum because then you don't get the burnt out of trying to follow up on all of those leads for months right. and months and months. And you'll get less leads, but you'll get better quality ones, which is fine. Yeah. I have this graphic that we put up. Um, I shared it, I think in our private, in our private group, which is basically two funnels, right? And I called it the email funnel and the phone call funnel. So emails, it's got a real deep and wide slant, big top of the mouth. You could throw just a crap load of emails in there, basically. And the, the angle of the funnel is very subtle, right? It, because it's this long, slow drop to get to the very bottom. And the opening is still the same. It's still only one 
at a time comes out. Right. Versus the phone call funnel is very steep, right? Can't put too many in, but what comes out at the other end is still one at a time, but it's coming out at a much higher velocity because you don't have all of these ones that are trying to come through like a bunch of marbles all thrown in at the same time versus the one that is just going straight in and out, in and out. And so what we're saying is there's so much attention to basically email leads. We're in a mobile first world nowadays. It's still a phone. Okay. Because it's a phone, I'm going to call. And when I call, that's because I am ready to do something. Correct. And that's the moment you need to capture that person. And if you focus on calls and not be afraid of talking to people, but actually encourage it as much as you possibly can, you're going to sell more homes. Period. Dot. End of story. Yep. And (laughs) hey, and just so you guys know, you have to pick up the phone and connect with people. You cannot tax convert a lead. Right. All the way through closing. <laughs> All right. right. So if you guys would have just been reading this conversation in text, it definitely wouldn't have the same color as no, you guys listening to us, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's- our tone, laughs. <laughs> we can't do emojis. Maybe I'll put some emojis on the show notes. This has yeah. been an unbelievable call. It's been really, really good. Um, please go ahead and, uh, Jesse, um, tell our listeners how they can find you. Uh, easiest is callaction.co. That's our website and our service. Uh, I'm all over online under Call Action Co. on Twitter um, and Facebook groups. I just go by my name, just Jesse Bodwine, B-E-A-U-D-O-I-N. Usually the guy with the beard. He's got a big beard right now. I'm seeing him right now. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much, Jesse. This has been a pleasure. Um, for, our, for our listeners, you got Jesse's info. Look him up. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I don't bring on um, – this isn't a product type pitch or anything like that. I just really believe in it. And um, I think it's, it's just, it's just a great service. So um, I'll do one last thing. Since I'm going to stay true to this, Mm -hmm. I'll give out my phone number. Do the call action number. (laughs) So it's three, two, three, seven, four, one, two, two, five, five. Do it one more time. Three, two, three, seven, four, one, Two two five five, which is seven four one call. <laughs> awesome, perfect. Well, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate thank it. You. I look forward to seeing you soon, uh, everyone. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope that you got a lot out of this week's uh, episode. Uh, you know where to find me, realestatemarketingdude.com. But until then, I will talk to you, or you'll hear from me next week, and uh, be on the lookout for this week's blog post. Talk to you guys later. Bye bye. Sounds good. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it.